Friday to one and all. Finally, welcome and welcome back to yet another episode of Sometimes the Old Man is Right. As always, I am your host, Lamont Ferguson, playing the role of the old man. Yes, indeed. Finally, some new content. A brand spanking new episode of Sometimes the Old Man is Right. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 2 of the podcast, or overall, Episode 26. And I am out of the country. Well, I'm out of my country. I could be in your country, depending on where you're listening. But I am out of my home country. I am on a cruise ship, the Zandam, Holland America, you know, the home line, in Quebec City, Quebec, Canada. This is the uh, eighth day of a nine-day cruise. I will go home tomorrow. The cruise has been pretty relaxing. I will get into that in just a bit. But first, let me extend my uh, apologies, my mea culpas, for making the faithful people wait. Listeners, faithful listeners, that's what I was going to say. Wait for such a long time. This is on me. Of course, you know. Of course, it's on me. I'm the one making the thing. But I, I don't know. I'm trying. I, I This seems to be what it is that I do. It's like my thing. Uh, I have not been as diligent about getting back to the podcast as I had hoped. And uh, as I said, this is a typical track record behavior for me. I get really excited about doing something and I'm all gung-ho. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Is gung-ho canceled? I don't. I don't know if that phrase is, that phrase doesn't sound right. Like in my, I know what it means and I used it correctly, but I, I don't know if that phrase has been canceled or maybe it's not been canceled because only old people like me use that phrase. I, I'll have to investigate it, but here's what happened. I, I'm, I'm all excited about it. And then at some point I'll get burned out and I'll just stop doing it or just half-heartedly do it. And I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on a lot of things. I thought I was ready, and apparently I wasn't. And I know you've been waiting, and I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. That's really all I can say. Uh, the fact that I'm aware of it, that's a start, right? Because that, that's what they say. So I'm working on it and trying to be better. I had tried. I put everything together and tried a couple of weeks ago when I was in Arizona. Now this has been a decent month because I've only really worked about 11 days this month, nine here on the cruise. And I did a little two night turnaround thing in sun city, Arizona, a couple of weeks ago with the oppressive heat that apparently I'm just trying to balance out the system, my system from the snow I had experienced in Calgary a couple of weeks earlier. So I believe that I'm balanced now. I've had ridiculous heat and then snow within the same month. It, matter of fact, I think it was like a two-week period, maybe even less than that. So I think I'm balanced and settled. Enough of this range of nonsense that's taken place. But I am uh, here on the ship, ready to go home. It's been such a light workload because of the fact that I uh, I worked the first 
No, I worked on the, I was going to say the first night, but I didn't work the first night. I worked on the third night of the cruise and that was it. That was it. Clocked out. Done. Two shows and the rest of the time just riding around on the cruise ship. So we're going we're gonna to tackle this podcast and see what we come out with. I hope you're all well. How you doing? How you been? I know it's been a long time. What is the good word? I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. Trying to better myself. Thanks for asking. I think a lot of this with the me getting excited and then shutting things down has to do with my patience level. Like I've got a, a decent amount of patience. I've got a a good amount of patience for a lot of things, but when it comes to gauging success on a venture, I'm I'm not that patient at all because I feel like I've got a limited amount of time and uh, I I need things to go now. That that's the idea. You got to they got to pop off now. And I of all people should know that that's not how things work in this business because I'm in this game for 40 years. 40 and I've, I've been existing in complete anonymity the entire time. And now I told you on the last episode, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. This nine days, I didn't, I didn't need it. You want it, but I didn't really need it. So I, I'm doing okay. But should I be further up in the success ladder? You're goddamn right I should be. I'm at 40 years and I don't suck. I'm not just okay. I'm a decent comic, to be modest. But to be honest, take all that modesty aside, I'm really good at what I do. I'm upper echelon top shelf when it comes to being a stand-up comedian. And I can write. I'm a writer. I create things. I don't have the same 45-minute act for the past 25 years. I, I can create stuff. Here's what happened recently. The Facebook memories, you know, that thing pops up and it had a clip from the show. I told you about uh, I've, I've mentioned it many times, the now normal. And usually when I see things I've done in the past, I watch uh, with this knowledge that I'm going to be very critical in the idea that it could have been done better. Cause I always watch with the idea that, ah, there's something you, you could have changed that. You could have, you, you could be better on camera. Uh, why would you say that? Or, or even, even to the point where I go, why did I release this? All that stuff. Why you could have waited a little bit, but I watched this clip from two years ago and I am my absolute worst critic. Uh, well, unless you count some of my fans, which is odd. Cause I've got, I'm going to tell you, I've got some of the weirdest fans I believe some of my fans actually hate me, like genuinely hate me. They, they claim they're fans, but I believe that they enjoy hating me and then going, I'm fans of this guy that I hate. So I don't really get them. But I watched this clip and I was like, you know what? That ain't bad. That'll hold up. I even reshared it. I was like, that that was a good, solid clip. I liked the writing, liked everything about it. I was used to my fat face, which, by the way, is another thing. I don't even know if I'm going to go into that. Uh, it's very depressing. I'm not being as active as I'd like to be, and it's really getting me down. Anyway, that's not the point as to what I was talking about. 
But I, I'm aware that, that that is the case. So like I said, I'm going to try and get back on this uh, podcast horse and uh, keep it going. Here's one of the things that I'm actually trying to do differently that's going to hopefully change things. I've actually written out this podcast. So what happened in the beginning is I would write out some ideas and then I just kind of run down those ideas. And then as the podcast kept going every week, I felt like I was getting lazier in the writing of what it is I want to say. Because when I have an idea about a subject, I'll actually talk it out, talk it out to myself. I'll go over it in my head and try to remember some of the tangents and funny points that I wanted to make. Uh, but by the time I get to the recording, I, I may not remember all the points of the flow. And I feel like it doesn't come off as funny as I like it to be. Like, I'm like, hey, I think I forgot something. And then, so now I've gone back to my roots, which is writing. I write out all the thoughts out. And uh, that way I'll have it in front of me uh, instead of just riffing off the top of my head as I had been doing. Because that way I'd have a tendency to forget. So I'm going back to the roots. And hopefully it'll make me more excited It'll make me feel more compelled to do this on the regular basis, and it'll be better quality. So every everything is uh, written out. Not what I'm saying right now. That that part I didn't write out. Well, what, wouldn't that be something? If I did, that'd be some great. Although this, what this does do is it it adds a uh, it does add a layer of work. Because if I'm going to write stuff out, then that puts another day onto the schedule. But you know what? We'll, we'll see if it works. That's the only thing I can do is to make some changes to see what happens if it works. So as I said, I got back from uh, Arizona uh, and then here on the Holland America. It's been an interesting itinerary. It's a, it's a first for me. Uh, began in Fort Lauderdale. Then we go to Boston. Uh, Bar Harbor, Maine, which was lovely. It's, it's, it's places I've, like I said, I've not been before. I have been to Boston. I did the comedy festival in Boston, but Maine I'd not been to. And that was delightful. I had some uh, chowder. I don't even, I don't even know if that's a Boston. I don't know if that's a Maine accent or just something I would say. So I had some uh, clam chowder in Boston. No, I got clam chowder in Maine. Good grief. Maybe I should write this out. Then uh, in the Canada, which was Halifax, which I've been to before, and then uh, Sydney, Sydney, Nova Scotia, which I'd never heard of. It was uh, interesting. It's a quaint little town. It has a feel of a, this is very inside, it has the feel of a Bob Angeli one-nighter, is what it is. And now Quebec City, which I'm not sure if I'll get off the ship because there's a bunch of other things that I need to do other than record this podcast and uh, to be able to get ready to leave when we get to Montreal uh, tomorrow morning. So it's been kind of cool to see. There have been a couple out of the ordinary things that have happened on this cruise. And uh, one is that I told you, I've worked on day three of a nine day cruise and just been passaging. I don't, I don't even know if that's a word, but since then also, here's the other thing. That really has gotten me down. No pickleball players. I know. I know. No pickleball players. And that has been the most disappointing thing. There is over a thousand passengers on the ship. It is the smallest ship that I've worked since coming back. And yet, 
the highest passenger load. Over a thousand people, no pickleball. I'm I'm heartbroken and confused because you know how that's what Holland America is. It's about the pickleball. So I, I played a little bit of basketball, had a decent little shoot around yesterday with my drills. Uh, but other than that, no, I haven't. It's been just kind of me sitting around in my cabin, uh, for the most part, avoiding people, not because they're not decent people. The people here are nice. It's just the, the COVID thing. I just don't want any part of it because of the idea that I got things to do. I'll tell you about that at the very end of this. I don't need any quarantine, nor do I need to be positive. So I just kind of sit in my room. I'll go see the shows, but I'm wearing a mask and doing all the right things that I need to be doing. The show was fine. Uh, it's been a nice, quiet, relaxing time. But the truth is, I I was done by the time we got to the first port. And I I could have just gone home. I mean, I wouldn't have been mad at just going home. Because uh, I could have flown from Boston, I'd have been within the United States. Now here, I gotta, I gotta get tested. So that's one of the things I gotta figure out: is am I on my own? Are they gonna test me on the ship today at some point before I head out uh, from Montreal tomorrow? Because to go into the U.S., you gotta have a negative test. Which don't even get me started on that nonsense. A lot of other countries, you don't, they actually, all they require is that you have a vaccination card, which I'm fine with that. The idea that you got to have a negative test to get into the United States where it's pretty rampant in the first place and people are doing their own thing and not listening. It's a little annoying, but we'll figure it out. I'll figure the whole thing out. Now, here is a, another thing, I put that in quotation marks, that's happened on the cruise that's let me know that I shouldn't be amongst the general populace of humans, because I just don't, I don't think like regular people, and not only do I not think like regular people, I, my logic, I don't know, it, it, it works in a weird way. So there's another comic on board and, uh, this comic, uh, very nice guy, nice young guy, but he's only introduced himself by his stage name, comedian loose cannon that that's how he introduced himself. Hey, I'm comedian loose cannon. Now look, I'm, I'm all right with the whole show business stage name thing. Fine. I'm good with it. You do you, but I, I'm in the business that that stage name is just for that. The, the stage I'm not in the audience. What's your name? Dude, what is your name? Carrot tops name is Scott, but why are you introducing yourself as job first, then stage name? You know what makes me realize? I realize that I'd be a bad Justice League member. Because I'd, I'd be sitting at the table, and dude comes over and he goes, Hi, I'm Superman. I'm like, R really? Superman? Look here, man. We're, we're all super. We're, we're all superheroes. Every one of us. We've done things. 
that are superhuman that regular people can't do. So what's your name, dude? What's your name? Clark? Okay, Clark. You could have just said that. Superman, we get it. We get it. But like I said, we've all done super things. That's why we got the invite. So I'd say shout out to comedian Loose Cannon. But uh, what's your name, dude? Like I said, very nice guy. He goes on tonight. I'm looking forward to watching him perform tonight. But uh, like I said, I, I would be the worst because every superhero in the Justice League knows the identity of each other. As it should be. Imagine, you know, the lady comes over and she says, oh, I'm Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Am I am I supposed to call you that? That seems like a lot to say. Can I just say Wonder? Is that... Do you have a <laughs> nickname you go by? WW? Can I... Like, no, she says that my name is Diana. Okay, we got that. You know, there's a green arrow and a green lantern, by the way. And they decided that Oliver and Hal was much easier to discern. The comedian Loose Cannon? Come on, dude, you got to be kidding me. I'm, I'm comedian. Stop it. That's what I am. I'm funny man. Knock it off. That's who I am. I mean, and I get it. I get it. Earthquake. Earthquake goes by the name of Earthquake, but I know that his name is Nathaniel because he tells you. I uh, went to the eye doctor last week. I feel like, and so it begins. Because once you get to a certain age, every week has some type of doctor's visit involved. Every old person's story about their week in review includes the words, so I went to the doctor this week. The older they get, the more specialized the doctor is in the story. So I I went to the eye doctor. My urologist told me. My cardiologist said. That's every story. The human body is is an interesting design with a horrible warranty. Look, you're going to have this thing for an undetermined amount of years. How long? We, We can't tell you. We can give you an average of about 76 years, but your your mileage may vary. Now, in the first handful of years, is what they tell, in the first handful of years, you're going to feel pretty near to indestructible. You do flips off a swing, jump off of rooftops, fall down, bounce right back up. It'll be crazy, but 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 don't get used to that. That that'll last up until your late 20s. Then after that. Like I said, all actions have consequences. You're like, all actions? All actions have consequences. Get up too fast, sneeze hard, react to a shadow that you thought was a person in the room, sit on the toilet too long, sleep incorrectly. All actions. So I go to the eye doctor. Mainly because I hadn't been in a very long time. And I'm not, I'm not happy with my vision. Now, keep in mind, it's not that there's something wrong with my vision. I'm just not happy with it. I feel like I'm missing out. I, I, I know that when I have things that are a bit close to my face and try to read it, I can't. And that's pretty much the extent of things. I can see just fine. 
when I was younger, I wore glasses for an astigmatism, which is a weird word because I believe it's always mispronounced. It's an astigmatism, not a stigmatism. That's, that's what I hear a lot. And I'm not sure which is correct. Is it a condition or an ailment? It's much like possum and or opossum. And I did look it up before doing this podcast. And apparently there are two different things based on slight differences. Like a possum has a furry tail and an opossum has a bear tail. That That's bear is in no fur, not bear is in loves picnic baskets. Uh, this is feeling like that episode where I talked about homophones and homonyms. Anyway, it's confusing. So I had an astigmatism as a child. Anyway, I am at the eye doctor and I'm telling her my concerns. I can't read things that are too close and I can no longer thread a needle easily. I, I throw that in there to let her know how dire this situation is. The elevated level of this crisis. And also uh, that I'm a 57-year-old man in 2022 that, for whatever reason, is sewing. Which I will tell you that it's a skill that I'm forever grateful and thankful to my mom for teaching me as a kid. And yet it comes up so rarely, I'm, I'm not sure it's needed to be passed on to my kids. Like, if I were to tell Noah, today I'm going to teach you how to sew, he'd be like, why? Are we going back in time? Although I did use the skill recently because Olivia had some socks that had holes in them and I darn those socks. You damn right. I darn them. Darn them damn good. So the doctor asked me about my far away vision and I tell her that I have what can only be described as superhuman vision from far away. So we go through all the tests and then at the end, she just goes, well, there's nothing really wrong with your vision. Just like you're just aging and this is what happens. Like you can't read things that are close up. But other than that, your, your vision is good. Which I'm going to be honest, it did feel like she was saying for your age. Like it was unspoken, but I could definitely hear it. She did say it in a weird way, like mind you you know, that maybe you could pick up some reading glasses. She said that. Like the tone she used was the same tone that you used to tell your aging parent that perhaps it's time for them to stop driving. Like, come, it's time. It's time. That's what she said. Like, it maybe you know, maybe it's time to look into the reading glasses. And the reading glasses is such an odd fix because... You're not going to a doctor to get them. You're just at the grocery store and you've picked up, in essence, magnifying glasses to strap onto your face. Like no matter what a person's vision is, if you look at things through a magnifying glass, you'll take them off and feel like, oh my goodness, what have I not been seeing? What have I been missing? It's the same thing with HD. And I'm going to tell you that's, the real reason I went to the eye doctor in the first place, I felt like I was missing out on things. And it turns out I've not been. It's that that damn HD high definition has ruined everything. 
it's like technology has tried to improve on vision. Vision. The eyeball? The human eye used to be the Cadillac standard of seeing. There were phrases, as can be seen with the human eye. Remember that phrase? And then someone decided, well, that's not enough. HD. Even better than the human eye. Now, they didn't come out and say that, but look, look, I went to a baseball game, and this is years ago. In the concourse, there were television sets showing the game in HD from the field that was right next to the TVs. And I would look at the field and then look at the TV and thought, what sorcery is this? What I could see with my own eyes looked vastly different than what I was seeing uh, on the television. And like I said, this was a while ago, too, when I could still thread a needle with no problem. And it just made me very suspicious of science's intentions. Like, how are you trying to improve on the human eyeball? I mean, yeah, I love the $6 million man, but he had the bionic eye, but he, he had a horrible accident. He didn't voluntarily replace his eyes. Besides, he only had one eye replaced. If it was so great, why not replace both eyes? And by the, by the way, when you look at that accident, like what I remember when I was talking about this and looked at, think about the accident that they showed that the $6 million man had, it was horrific. Like there is no way possible he survived that crash. There, there isn't a way. Go back and look at the intro. Pull it up on YouTube and look at the crash that took place with Steve Austin. And there is no way possible he survived that crash with only an arm injury, two legs, and an eye. That That's impossible. Now I've just become, I've become an HD snob is what it is. I've got tons of channels in D. I mean, that's correct, right? If HD is high definition, then the baseline is definition. So, so D. Although I, I think they call it standard definition or SD, but I, I'm going to call it D. I'll see a movie listed in D and scroll right on by. I'm like, I cannot be wasting my precious time watching anything in D. D? Will I even be able to tell who's in the movie? D, please. Come on, I can't. Ugh, wasting my time with D. It'll just look like a cartoon. I mean, a, a crayon drawing is all it'll look like. So I, 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 don't, I won't even look at anything in D. And some things I go, man, I'd really like to watch this. And I go, no. Not in D. I'll wait, but I won't watch it in D. I might, I might as well. My mind, I might as well be watching this. Uh, what's that thing that they show for the people with uh, visual problems that they start describing the things? That's how I feel if I'm watching in D. I'm like, I might as well have that descriptive uh, text thing going on where they just tell you what I'm watching if I'm going to watch this in D so stupid so the doctor was kind enough to order and prescribe me reading glasses which uh to be honest with you they're probably 0.06 magnification level 
So they're barely doing anything. But I feel like I'm seeing an HD for things that are up close. And uh, I, I, I believe I'm going to go on a sock darning rampage. That's what's going to happen. When I get back home, oh my goodness. Look at all the socks that with holes in them and start darning like a madman. May even open up my own little darning shop. That's that's what I may do. I haven't uh, really been paying attention to any news, as uh, you regulars know. I don't watch the news on the ship. I did watch a potentially ugly incident unfold on the ship after my show, where a Canadian guy wanted to explain how Trump haters have it all wrong. Uh, and, and look, at this point, I just listen. I never interject. But I could tell it was just rising. You could feel the tension level rising. Uh, and some folks there that did not like Trump at all uh, were getting upset. And it was just a, it was time to, to disperse is what it was. And you could just feel that. And I don't know why this dude couldn't read the room and just go, hey, man, why don't you just stop talking? Just stop. And it, the dude was Canadian. That's the weird thing about it. He's a Canadian dude. This, and that's what kind of makes the the Trump haters even more angry is when Canadian people are like, Oh, you guys just don't understand. He's done this good. And he's done that. I'm like, what? This doesn't affect you. It's not, this is not your dude. But, uh, it was a weird, uh, moment that was very uncomfortable. And I'm not even sure why anybody would be talking politics considering the fact that I, I didn't during my show. So it's not like, Hey, you were talking about this. So let me bring this up. It was just a, bizarre uncomfortable moment so but i do know that some things have taken place in the news like the uh, buffalo shooting which is so tragic and uh uh i you know i uh, i just don't i don't understand i just don't understand and then the orange county shootings but i haven't read or seen much of the details about uh either of them enough to comment on them so i'm not ignoring any current events out of some plan i've just been unplugged since being on the ship Back at home, the news is uh, they had a little bit of a run of COVID run through the house and while I was away. Everyone came down with COVID. First, it was Noah, and, and then the wife had COVID, and then Olivia. Uh, so there was no joy in Mudville for quite a bit of the time uh, that I was gone, that uh, everyone was had COVID. The good news is they're all negative now, and everyone's on the men. Everyone's vaccinated. My wife is uh, boosted, and so all is fine. But, you know, just an unpleasant time to, to, to have it running, like I said, running through the house. Uh, my thing about COVID is all the people that either believe they had COVID well before the news of COVID or how they prevented COVID. That, that's kind of one of my pet peeves these days about the COVID thing. Cause my sister who I'm not even certain that she's vaccinated. I don't know. But when I told her that, Hey, everybody in the house has it, she just then texted me a whole list of preventative measures. And all of which sounded like the basics of every conspiracy theorist that you'll find online. It's like, get some vitamin C walk around, walk around. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the last thing. You'd want to be doing if you thought that you had COVID walk around, you know, like get some of that eye and newt hop on one leg. Like I'm, I'm tired of trying to explain to the non-medical expert how 
viruses work. Not that I'm an expert, but you know, I, I, I can, I can understand how the whole thing works as a decent student. Cause one, they, they all had it before anyone knew. That's always my favorite. Ah, oh, you know what? I think they had this thing back uh, when nobody knew it. Okay. I've lost track of all the people with their, you know, I, I think this thing before anybody knew it, I, ha- I I hear them all. Or like in my sister's case, as soon as she felt any symptoms coming on, she started her uh, incantations or whatever it is. And by th- day three, I was good to go. Well, then you didn't have COVID. It's plain and simple. I know all of you want to feel special, but you're not. You can ask anyone who tested positive for COVID. It's not one of those. You know what? I think I had it. It is miserable. And you know for absolute certain. And by the way, it's a very tricky virus, too. This is what confuses people. This is what uh, uh, gives birth to all these conspiracy theories. That it doesn't infect everyone. It just doesn't. It could get you and not the person that you had been talking to. It very easily does that. Look at it like a tornado. Like you can look at a tornado's damage and one house is left in perfect condition, but like the houses on either side are both gone. And the person in the standing house doesn't say, I bet it's because I put some rose liniment on the door handles. Because that's insane. Well, that's how all of you home remedy COVID people sound. I opened my windows and the tornado passed right on through. Shut up. Stop it. My wife, Marianne, uh, made a comment that is a standard female belief that I believe must be addressed. She was talking about Noah being sick and said, well, you know, men are such babies when they get sick. And I'm sure every woman out there listening right now is nodding their head in agreement with this ridiculous feminine fallacy. And it, it, it's got to be stopped. Men are such babies when they're sick. that They love saying that. Oh, men are such babies. Are we? Where's your proof, women? Where, where, where's the baseline study? Are we really babies when we're sick? When we're sick? Maybe we're not babies when we're sick, but somehow manage to push through any other ailment that might strike us because we're goddamn men. You ever see a man with jacked up fingers? Look, I'm going to give you the example. I'm not, well, because it grosses me out, but still. Take a look at Kendrick Perkins, former basketball player. He's an analyst on ESPN. Take a look at his fingers. Fingers that were broken and not set correctly because a man didn't want to stop doing whatever man things he was doing at the time. And somehow, he wasn't a baby then. Go take a look at him. Take a look at him and tell me how much of a baby he was when those scarecrow-looking fingers of his were broken. And he's just like, hey, I got to go. I can't stop for this. Kendrick Perkins can never give directions by pointing because you'd be lost like a crazy person. You'd like, I don't know which way to go. His weather vane looking hands. And yet, you ever seen a woman cry off a broken nail? Hmm? Such a baby. 
Oh, what what's that, ladies? It, huh? Is that that unfair? And and this is the point where you throw the tried and true childbirth pain defense into the argument. You men don't know the level of pain of childbirth. Yeah, you're right. It it must be endless that pain. Oh oh no, wait, it's not. How often have you endured that pain? Two, three times average tops. So you're telling me that something only some of you have endured maybe three times in your lifetime? That That's what gives you the chance, an opportunity to look at a man who's sick and go, oh, you're such a baby? Something that if you stretched out over an average lifetime, albeit very painful, it's once every 25 years of your life that you experience, that, that stretched over the lifetime, that you experienced that incredible amount of pain for childbirth. Yet a man gets pneumonia, the flu, a cold, and he's a baby. Come on now, we got to stop this. I'm not dismissing or diminishing the pain of childbirth, but the notion that the man can't handle being sick needs to, to end. You can't be resting on the baby laurels like you have a baby every day. You don't have a baby every day. By the way, this is only women that say this for no reason either whatsoever. Because as a man, if I see another man that's sick and it knocks him down for a few days, I think, well, whatever that is, I don't want that. Because as a general rule, it takes a bit to bring a man down. To make him admit that he's sick and that he can't go on for, that he can't go for a few days it's a lot, ladies, because a man's first thought is, okay, we can shake this off. It's no big deal. I can make it through this. And when that thought finally settles in that, oh, my goodness, I'm sick. I'm not Superman. I'm Clark. It takes a toll because by this measure that men are such babies when they're sick, technically that means a woman can never be sick. Really? How about we turn that around on you, ladies? That you can never be sick. What, you don't feel good? You got a little flu? A little hacking cough? Your chest hurt? Well, let me ask you something. Is it childbirthing labor painful? No? Okay, then suck it up, buttercup. Because I know you could be through, you could have gone through more. There's a lady, a nurse on one of the other ships. She was giving me a COVID swap. Uh, the the swab on the ship and this lady shoved that thing so recklessly up my nose into my brain uh, i i felt like i i thought i must look like her ex or something because i flinched and she was like oh no 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 don't do that and then she just goes men are such babies what uh, Woman, let me shove something up you in a place where you're not accustomed to having it, and let's see how accommodating you are. This false narrative needs to stop. It just needs to stop. Like I said, I'm I'm making an example of what it is, but this idea that men are babies when they're sick, no, stop it. Men are functioning through a lot of stuff that they just don't even tell you about. Like I said, broken those horrible looking broken fingers and they just move on. There, there's a I got horrible knees and I'm carrying way too much weight. 
And it's, it's problematic that everything hurts. And I could sit around and whine about it every day. Oh, I'm in pain every day. I'm in pain. No, but you don't. You just move on. You try to go around it. So stop, ladies. Stop. Stop it with the idea that men are babies. Otherwise, we get to turn the tables on you. Like you said, like I said, uh, you're sick. Is it child labor sick pain? No. Okay. All right. That that needed to be addressed. Okay. Now let's uh, go back to the travel thing as I wind this episode down. So the cruise line flew me out on Delta Airlines this time. It's usually American. I'll fly back on American. But the trip out was on Delta. Now, every airline has their own ridiculous, convoluted boarding procedure. Different classifications, different groups, military, people with children, children by themselves, people who want children but are having issues conceiving. Look, it's a, it's a lot of very specific subcategories that they're, that I, that's what I'm saying. So I was in boarding group three which I originally f- was feeling good about until I learned that there are only three boarding groups for Delta. So it's a bit deceiving because three isn't way down the integer scale. As a matter of fact, it's in every countdown. Sometimes it's the start, but somehow Delta has been down in the lab making the number three no longer a magic number. Three may as well be a billion when it comes to waiting for Delta. Everyone goes on before three on Delta. Boarding group three on Delta is like being in elementary school and getting picked last for a team. Oh, well, I guess I guess we'll take group three. That's, that's how it feels. We'll take this guy, fine. Which, by the way, I, I know I'm making a joke about that whole thing about picking last, but it is uh, quite traumatizing occurrence in life i'm not even sure that it's something that still happens in sports for fear that it'll cause emotional damage with the delicate young people these days and i know the old man alert should go off right now but i get that we're trying but a lot of it seems like a vast overcorrection which is how you know we as a society do things We go, well, that wasn't right, so let's go way over on the other side. And then we see that that wasn't right either, and then eventually we get it right. At least that's the hope. And right now I feel we're in the midst of the overcorrection. Now, as a former athlete, and and former, you capitalized former because it was a long time ago. Like I say in the, I'm athletic now is what I am. Skilled fat man, that's what I am. I can tell you how humbling and sobering it is to watch yourself drop down the scale of picks. Now, when I was young from the ages of, let's say, 8 to 16, I was in the top four picks. Top four. Now, rarely was I at number one or even number two, but I could be assured uh, that I was off the board by the second round. Yeah, absolutely. You know I'm gone by the second round. You didn't get me by the second round? 
First four picks, Lamont ain't there. Lamont is gone, off the board. But uh, then, uh, I guess around the age of 16, I had a devastating knee injury, and I dropped to a solid third or fourth round pick. And that lasted from about 16 to 30. I was third round, fourth round, 16 to 30. And then after 30, it's just a weight issue that became a battle. And I slowly just started dropping like that guy that would show up in a suit expecting to go in the first round and would end up heading back into the waiting room for the second or third day of the draft. That's where I am now. I'm a third, fourth, fifth day of the draft dude is where I am. And I knew, I knew. And it didn't make it any better, me knowing to accept it. I just, here's the weird thing. I'm at the point now where as soon as the selections begin, like if I'm anywhere where they're like, hey, we're going to start picking teams, I'll just wander over to the corner of the court or a field or whatever it is and occupy my time until the results are in. They'll, they'll tell me what team I'm on. I don't need to hear the process. It works much better that way. Like, eventually you see who you're matched up against. Like, in basketball, I'll see who I'm matched up against, and I can go, oh, okay, I see. And it, it's insulting at first because you go, oh, this guy, this is the – you thought it would be even to have this guy guard me? Well, that's my head. My body's like, no, nah, this is right, dude. This old fat guy is the guy that should be guarding you because you're also the old fat guy. And – then you realize you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I I get it. They're right, and that's this is what I've become. Like I said, it is sobering. So now I've moved on to pickleball, where guess what, people? I'm back in the first round. I am back in the first round on pickleball. You know what, Jeff Goldblum is right. Nature will find a way, huh? <laughs> I will close out this episode with a tie into sports. It is baseball season. And as I've said many times before, I am a big fan of pretty much most sports. Although I am very worried about my baseball. It's the tinkering with the game to draw a fan base that, to be honest, has zero interest in baseball. And that is baffling to me. They are working so hard. Like, we got to draw the younger fans in. We got to get the young. The younger fans don't care. The younger fans aren't interested in baseball. They didn't even grow up playing baseball. So they, they don't care. I Have you seen what interests the younger fans? It's watching people play video games. That's what interests the younger fans. Those are the people you're trying to get in the baseball the people that won't play baseball, they'll watch people watching people play. You know, it doesn't make any sense for me. Baseball is like chess. It is a thinking person sport. It is. Oh, this guy's going to come up now. Let me figure this out. How am I going to approach this? This is going to go with that. It is not action packed. It's not a big explosion blockbuster car chase kind of movie sport. It is a thinking man's game. And yet everything that's been done to it, it's, and I, like I said, I know I sound like an old man, but 
I, I really enjoy baseball. I enjoy the relaxation of sitting down. I remember as a kid, that's how I would do my homework, is I would turn on the Dodger game, have it on the radio, the radio, and just listen to it while doing my homework at the dining room table. That was it. The broadcaster paints a picture. It slows everything down. You can see what's going on in your head by the words the guy said. That's that's baseball. That's what it is. But this idea now that we gotta we gotta get the younger people in, so they're they they've made all these changes. Like this year, they got rid of the pitcher batting in the National League, which again, I know an old man thing, and I wasn't happy about. But because it's hey, they they need more runs, need more action. Pitchers can't hit. So we'll not have the pitcher hit. Now it'll be a batter. It I understand the good and bad of it. The good thing is that it will lengthen some guys' careers because they don't have to play a position in the field that they may not be able to play that position anymore. Now it gives them a position where they can get up there and swing the bat, and so they don't have to go out in the field. I get that part. You'd be able to see some players that probably would not be able to play any longer that you'd still get to see them. But I did enjoy the idea of a pitcher that could hit. Like I said, I grew up as a Dodger fan. Fernando could hit. Rick Sutcliffe could hit. Don Sutton every so often could hit. For the most part, the pitchers can't hit. But when a pitcher would get a hold of one, it would be the most exciting thing to watch a pitcher hit a home run. Uh, Rick Roden could hit. Jim Cott could hit. Uh, there's a lot of guys that could actually hit. Uh, uh, Steve Carlton. Steve Carlton, is that right? Maybe. I don't know if Steve Carlton could hit. I may be thinking of Jim Cott. But, yeah, there were some pitchers that could hit. Don Drysdale could hit. And it was nice to see. Some of these guys that actually could do something. It also was the strategy of the game that, okay, now the pitcher's going to bunt and move the runners over. And a lot of this stuff is gone because of the the shifting and stuff and analytics. And again, it's an overcorrection. We went years without listening to analytics. And now all they want to do is listen to analytics. And now you have batters that are up there and, oh, I can't hit into the shift. Like next year, they're going to get rid of the shift. Like they, the batters won't be they, the fielders won't be able to put on the shift because the batters are complaining because nobody said, hey, here's an idea. How about learn not to hit into the shift? Learn to hit the ball all over the field instead of the one place that we can see that you constantly hit the ball to. But this is what baseball has become. And I'm very concerned. There's now they're going to implement a pitch clock because the games are too long. For whom? What well, what do people have to do? Where you got to go? You go, hey, baseball, how long is it going to last? It's going to last three hours. Football lasts three hours. I don't see anybody complaining about that because there's more action in football that you visually watch. Uh, okay. Is that every game? Because I don't think that's every game. Not every game. But baseball, oh, we, we got to do all the stuff to, to change it. Games are too long. There was a ball player that released a, a, he put his statement out objecting to this. And I agreed with him. He said, why are we trying to appeal to a group that would be rather watching their iPads than watching the ball game? Who needs them? Yeah. Who needs them? Exactly. And here, here's an unpopular theory about baseball too, because now it's become more of a, like a social event. 
is what it is, and that's why they're changing the game. Because it's a social event. You know how they put the nets up now? Because, oh my goodness, there was a rash of people that were getting hit with foul balls. I guarantee you, I've not done the research on it, but I'll put some money on it. That a lot of these people that got hit watching uh, the game weren't paying attention to the game. Because I've been to the game. And I go to the games to watch the game, to pay attention to the game. I am interested in every aspect of the game. I just want to watch the game. I went to a Dodger Stadium game uh, rather recently. Uh, I don't know, you know, a handful of years ago. And I was like, yeah, that'll never happen again. Because no one was there to watch the game. They were there to chat. They were there to socialize. They were there to take pictures of themselves with the field in the background. They didn't know the score. No one knew what was going on. And this is what has happened in the game. People are going for the social part of it, the aspect of it. The game is ambient noise and background. That's what the game has become. And that's why people are getting hit. It's because they're not paying attention. And oh my goodness, here comes a foul ball flying into the stands at 100 miles an hour. And now, oh my goodness, baseball needs to do something to protect us. Yeah, how about eliminating you from going to the games? That would protect them. Because you're not there to watch the game. Watch it at home, where you can do all the other stuff in the background. Others are there to watch the game. You know. If you know anything about baseball, you're like, hey, man, I got to watch this. I'm on the third base side. There's a uh, right-handed hitter up. Maybe we got to pay attention a little bit more because that ball could be pulled into the stands. But nobody pays attention. You, I watch, watch, watch a game. Watch the background. Watch the people in the background. Watch how many people are sitting there not paying attention to the game. And it's, I would like, you know, I don't want to get into the men and women thing, but there's a lot of women. It is. I'm not saying dudes aren't doing it too, because there's a lot of dudes that shouldn't be in the game that are just there to socialize that have no interest in me. But there's a lot more women that are there just to take pictures of themselves and sit there and chit chat and not know what's going on which is a shame because I know a ton of women that are die-hard baseball fans, love the game of baseball, that are there to pay attention to another game. Karen Sheldon, I'm going to name them Karen Sheldon. I'm going to name their maiden names because I can't pay attention to people once they got married. Uh, Terry Simmons, uh, Barb Wagner. These are people, die. there's three women off the top of my head, I'm probably forgetting other people there, that uh, know the game of baseball and are there to watch the game of baseball. They're not there to chit-chat. They pay attention. They know what's happening. But I see a lot of women at games that are just, oh, I'm just here to chit-chat and talk to my friends and take pictures. And Who's on the phone at the game, too? These idiots. Anyway, this is what I'm a fear. This is my fear for baseball is... uh is this is what it's become because that game is about strategy. It's like, yeah, yeah. They don't score. Uh, so they don't score every game. There's not a big score every game, but that, that's just what happens. You know, you like I said, you realize that there's offense and defense, right? And the defense sole purpose is to stop the offense from being able to do what it is. They're trying to do that. That's how it works. Otherwise you just have people going up there and just batting. And also, here's a weird thing. You're trying to appeal to the younger fan base that the younger fan base didn't grow up playing football. I mean, they didn't grow up playing uh, uh, baseball. They grew up playing soccer. That's what the younger fan base grew up playing. 
So where's all the crazy interest in the game of soccer? Like, how come that game has not exploded? Like, wasn't that supposed to be the case? All of them grew up playing soccer, and yet where where's the soccer explosion? That was supposed to happen. And, oh, by the way, is there anything more tedious and boring than soccer? Dragged out the whole game. What's the score of soccer? Oh, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Oh, okay. It's 1-0. You get three goals in a soccer match. That's, that's, oh my goodness, what is going on with soccer? So why are we not trying to speed that game up? Make some changes. You want to talk about a pitch clock? And no pun intended, by the way, because it's the pitch and then the clock. Anyway, uh, soccer, nobody knows what the clock is. The ref's the only person that knows the actual time. So don't give me this, we got to appeal to these young people that don't care about anything. You know what? If it's up to me, and I know it's not my money, stop fooling around with baseball. And if it dies, let it die a respectful death than trying to appeal to the low attention span people who couldn't care less about the game in the first place. You you want to do something to appeal? Maybe give them... Maybe give the fans orange slices during the fifth inning, and that'll try to keep their interest. All right, folks, that is about it for the written out, better prepared episode of Sometimes the Old Man is Right. I hope it was entertaining. I will do my best to try and come back next week. Now, I will go home tomorrow. Uh, I've gotten that all settled. I, the ship will take care of my testing, so that is a good thing. That's one less thing I'll have to worry about. I'll go down at 4 p.m. today and get tested and then be ready to be on my way. I appreciate all of you for hanging in there with me throughout the episodes and all this time. Like I said, I will try to do better and try to be better. It's a battle, and I, I, I'm fighting that battle. I'm in for the fight. Like I said, I thank you all for tuning in. I truly appreciate you. As I leave, oh, I forgot I was going to tell you this. So I'll have a couple of weeks off. I go home, a couple of weeks off. Really excited about the next coming week because that is cabin retreat time. Oh, my goodness. It'll be the second year in a row to have a big family get-together at a cabin in Big Bear. Uh, undisclosed location because I don't know where those fans are that hate me. They may show up and just heckle my selection of cabin. But it'll be nice, and I look forward to it, and the idea that I decided to do it, this will be the second year. Hopefully it'll continue to be a tradition. Memorial weekend where we get all together. My mom will be there. My family will be there. Uh, Alex is flying in. That's the oldest son. Sisters will be there. Cousin will be there. It's going to be a great relaxing time. We had a fine time last time, and I hope it'll be even better this time. Uh, But I can't wait. I found that the more money I make, the more white things I'm doing. I'm, well, you know, it's part of my privilege. It's 16.6% of me. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to that. Nice house in Big Bear where maybe get a little pickleball thing going. It'll be a, a fun, fun time. So I will be off to that. And then maybe on the Friday, I'll kind of do a little podcast, the episode from there. Maybe bring in some guests, some family. How about that? Huh? Uh, look, I say it now, but 
we'll see if it happens. That's all I'm saying. Everything Lamont Ferguson can be found at the website lamontferguson.com. You can email the show at oldmanisright at gmail.com. You really, I don't know if you guys realize that that first episode when I came back from season two, I gave the email address wrong. <laughs> That's how far long I've been away. It's always been a, a weird spot for me. But oldmanisright at gmail.com. You can go ahead and email me. Check out the YouTube channel, which is, uh, you can just Google Lamont Ferguson YouTube or TV Funny Man, I believe is what, I believe that the, the email, the email, the YouTube channel is TV Funny Man 99. Uh, I believe that's what it is. And go take a look at some of the now normal. And then I just threw up a little weird, funny commercial thing for a place I found in Sydney, Nova Scotia for Club 55. On all social media, I am at TV Funny Man. Follow me on the IG or the Twitter. You know the deal. As always, I talked about a lot of things tonight. Today, tonight, today, whatever. You know, I, look, I'm running out of steam here because nothing else is written. I talked about a lot of things. Some of the stuff I may be off on. Some of the stuff may be a little controversial when I talked about women and the men or babies thing. Fire up the email at oldmanisright@gmail.com and go ahead and give me your thoughts and concerns. Or my thought on the women going to baseball games. Not all women. Remember, I, 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 not all women on that. But some of these things, you know, I may have been way off on. I, I highly doubt it. But you know the drill. Sometimes the old man is right. I'll see you next week.